There are countless real estate agents worldwide, but very few are truly successful. If you want to make more money, build your clientele, and experience true success as a real estate agent, Chasten J. Miles is ready to share the tools, tactics, and secrets with you. Join him now on the Power Unit Success Cast. What's up, guys? So I have a special guest here that I'm super excited to um, present to you all because, because I don't I don't really do these interviews a lot, but kind of sometimes when I see people on social media and just doing like awesome things in their markets, I, I reach out. And so I'm trying to do that a little bit more just to share different perspectives on things that are working and um, just what other people are doing to be great. So I have DeAndre here from Houston. Welcome. How you doing, man? I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. So what what honestly attracted me to to you was your Instagram the other day because I know that we had talked a few years back. I mean, it may have been a year or maybe two. It was about a year. Yeah. And then I looked on there the other day because something had popped up and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you you've exploded." <laughs> <laughs> and so I just I just had to reach out and, you know, just kind of get you on and and hear a little bit about what you're doing. But before we get into that, how about you tell everybody, including myself, because this is our first time like really talking, mm -hmm. um, tell a little bit about you and kind of where you came from and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Houston. I mean, my whole entire life, all of my family is born and raised in Houston. So, I mean, just, just coming from a family with, you know, entrepreneurs, I was just always brought up a certain way. And um, my mom is in the medical field. So, of course, she tried to push the, the college route on me and like the medical field route. So uh, my whole life growing up, I played basketball okay. year round, AAU, everything. And um, I just knew I was going to get a scholarship and go to the NBA like every other kid's dream. But I didn't grow past five, nine. So those dreams shattered pretty quickly. But I mean, I always had like a drive in me to be successful. Um, no matter what it was, I just know. I mean, I knew I was going to be successful in something. So uh, when it didn't work for basketball, uh, my mom kind of pushed the college thing on me with uh, physical therapy because she was like, okay, um, you know, you still want to be around sports. And I'm in a medical field, like, you should try this. You can still be around athletes and, you know, sports training and stuff like that. So it sounds good, you know, like every other kid, I think, which is the incorrect way to go about it. But we look at the money first, like the salary, which is the the wrong thing to do, which is what I did. So I was like, you know, okay, 80, 90,000 doing this. It looks easy. I mean, all of the finishing product always looks easy. But people really don't tell you to – the parts going through it. So um, I ended up going to UTSA. It was the University of Texas at San Antonio. Um, that was 2014. It was my freshman year. And um, I went out there and I was doing kinesiology for the physical therapy. And uh, I was already not really enthused about going because I wanted to play basketball. So when I didn't work, I kind of was just like out there and I didn't really have any, like, passion for it. So yeah. I would just sit in class and just kind of look around and just like, why am I here? Like, I just felt like I didn't belong here. I felt like my purpose was, you know, far bigger than what, you know, that was. So 
I always was into fashion growing up. That was just one of my main things. I've always loved clothes. So while I was sitting in class, I would kind of think to myself, I was like, I think I should start my own brand. Like this was at the time before a lot of people was doing it. And I was like, I think I'm gonna just start my own brand. I was come up with the, uh, like a catchy name and a theme. And I'm like, okay, when I get home this summer, I'm gonna start one. I'm gonna start a, a t-shirt line and then I'm gonna go from there. So. I would sit in the dorm night in and night out and just sketch and come up with ideas and names and finally found one that I liked and um, started working on some sketches. And when I got home that summer, uh, of course, I failed both semesters. <laughs> I failed both semesters, like, because I knew yeah. I, I didn't have a, a, a drive for it. Like, yeah. I just didn't. So um, I came home and I got a T-shirt made. I got it printed up with my logo and everything on it, my name, and I would get a couple models, two or three girl models, and I would have them take pictures in the shirts, and then I would post it on social media, and I would have them post it. And I would literally keep doing that until, like, I started to get some sales from it. And um, I had two shirts making it seem like I had 50, but it was just part of my marketing strategy of, like, kind of pre-selling so I wouldn't just sit on inventory and waste money. So I would do that first and I started to get a few um, customers to buy some shirts, support me. I did about two more shirts and then I got a DM from a guy in Houston that said that they were uh, hosting a fashion show in Houston. So I was really excited about that and I got a couple of my friends together and we had a fashion show. Uh, I was invited to it, I got them into it, put them into all my pieces and everything like that. And just having them call my name out and walking down the runway and everybody taking pictures of everything, I just got a rush off that feeling. Yeah. It was just, it was a good feeling. I was like, okay, I, I, I like this feeling. Like, I want to do this. So after that, I just kept going and I was in about two or three more shows and I got invited to Dallas Fashion Week, which in Dallas is really big. Fashion is really big out there in Dallas. Um, so I got to go out there and that was a great experience and one show after that, I got invited to New York Fashion Week. And um, I went out there during the summer. And I did that, and everything was going well. And I came back home and just, it was kind of like, I knew it was time for something different. Not necessarily like change what I was doing, but I knew I wanted more mm -hmm. with my life. So I kind of started to get into styling people because I seen a need for like, you know, certain celebrities or whatever need help you know, with dressing, I felt like, okay, this could probably get me there quicker than having a brand because I don't have like the capital to really make what I want yet. So I started, you know, styling people. And I had a friend that was in the NBA um, named Joseph Young. He's from Houston and uh, he used to play for the Pacers. So he got me out there and I got to meet Paul George and some of the guys and kind of give him some of my shirts. So it was a really good experience. Started to get out there a little bit more with styling people. And, um, just through my journey, I mean, I've worked multiple jobs that I absolutely hated. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, through my journey of doing all of this, I worked at jobs that I did not like. And it was just kind of frustrating waking up every day, like mentally not being excited about what you're waking up doing. I think that was probably the worst part of me. I felt like at my lowest, simply because I just wasn't happy. Um, but one thing about me was I always had faith and like the process, I always trusted the process. So I never second guessed myself. So at every job that I would be at, no matter the job, I was always networking with people, 
all the time. Like I was a server um, at a seafood restaurant called Papado's. I mean, I did valet and every single job that I had, I was talking to everybody, like just meeting connects and, and getting different numbers. Cause I knew all it takes is one person to help change your entire life. And I just knew one day, like it was going to happen for me. So while I was styling, um, I worked as a server, did the valet. Um, I finally got on at a job, uh, Zara, which is a clothing store, um, really nice clothing store. So I thought I liked that and I started working there and I hated that job as well. It was, I just didn't like the feeling of being micromanaged all yeah. the time. So um, finally I got a call from Nordstrom and I had been trying to work at Nordstrom for years. And that process was, was super hard to get on there. So when I finally got on at Nordstrom, I felt like everything was coming together for me with the fashion and with the styling. I was like, okay, it's starting to make sense. So I worked at Nordstrom and it was, it was amazing. The environment was good. The, I mean, the money was pretty good and I felt like I wanted to be there. So, you know, a couple months in, a guy walks in and he just looks super successful. I can just tell a successful person. I just kind of sense it. And I, I just felt it and I saw him, I saw his watch and his car keys. I was like, okay, this is the guy. So uh, he walked up. Oh, that was you that day, Dion? Oh, I didn't know that was you that day. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so I just, I asked him, I was like, so what do you do? Um, and he was like, I'm a custom home builder. He was like, I'm an investor um, and I have my own team. And he was like, he was showing me some of his work and I got his Instagram. I told him like I style people, I'm into fashion. He was like, okay. Um, I know a couple of people who own boutiques. So, you know, if anything comes up, you know, give me a call. and I can see what I can do. So I kept that in mind and um, got his Instagram. And when he left, I worked at Nordstrom for about two months. And um, they ended up calling us in all of the new hires and they fired all of us, like right on the spot. Like, and they didn't even give a real reason as to why. Like kind of made up excuses like it was us, even though we were meeting our sales goals. So at that point, that was a point in my life where I was like, okay, it didn't feel like, you know, that was an accident. That felt like that was supposed to happen for a reason. And even when I would talk with my mom, she was like, something's good is going to come out of it. And I truly felt it. So like some of the coworkers were like crying and upset. But me, I was like, I wasn't necessarily upset that I got let go. I was more so upset that like, I felt like he could have told me in advance a little bit, you know, further so that way I had time to transition um but more so after he told me I was like I was trying to figure out my next moves and by that time fashion to me was just like I knew that that wasn't what I was going to be doing fully because I knew that wasn't going to get me to where I was trying to go so I was trying to look at more high-end fashion jobs to switch over you know at this time I had rent I had an apartment everything like that so it was like not necessarily panicking, but just trying to like think of my next move. And um, I got home and I was study applying and this was after the holidays, you know, after the holidays, most stores aren't really hiring because, you know, most people shopped already and everything. So it was really slow. So none of the stores was hiring. And I mean, I was about three weeks in and I had a check that was coming in that I already worked. So I was able to pay rent, but I was just really thinking about my next move and, and his Instagram popped up, that same guy. And I was like, you know, I remember what he told me about the boutique and I was like, okay, let me, um, 
let me try to contact this guy to see if there's an opportunity for um, him to let me work with them. I mean, uh, with the boutique. So I hit him up and he was just like, yeah, I remember you. Like, uh, let me talk to some of my people and I'll, you know, I'll let you know. So I was like, okay, cool. So I hit him up two days later and I just checked on it. I was like, you know, any word from your people? He was like, you know, not yet, but I'm staying on top of it for you. So I was like, okay. So I let two more days go by and I hit him up again. And I was just like, any word yet? So I literally contacted him every single day after that for like two weeks straight. Like I just consistently contacted him and just asked him every single day to keep it on his mind. And so one day, like two weeks in, he just was like, um, they don't have anything at the moment, you know, due to the season and everything. But he was like, you know, if anything changes, I'll let you know. So I was like, okay. So the very next day I hit him up again. And I just was like, you know, it doesn't have to be fashion related. Like, I can help you with whatever you need, whatever it is. And he was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. I kid you not, I hit him up the next day. And I just was like, I'm still here. Like, whatever you need, I can help you with. And he was like, okay, let me talk to my property manager. And I was like, okay. I hit him up the next day. I was like, did you talk to him yet? And um, he was like, I may have something for you. You know, let me give you a call tomorrow. And I'll never forget this day. This was the, the Super Bowl. Um, when the Eagles played, when Meek Mill was in jail. That's how I remember it. And it was that Sunday, and I got a DM from him, and I, he was like, um, I talked to my property manager, and I have something for you. He was like, I need help on a remodel if you want to come do some labor with me. I'll pay you uh, per day, and I'll pay you every week. And at that point, I didn't care what it was. I just was in, like, survival mode. And I don't think that he expected me to say yes, because if you look at me, you see the fashion and everything, you may think, like, oh, he wouldn't get down and dirty, but I kid you not, I went to Walmart, got some work boots, got some Wranglers. I was ready. I couldn't wait. Like, <laughs> so that next day came and um, it was about 7, 7 a.m. I got there at 6.30. I was ready. And the property manager met me there and um, we literally got started. I mean, I'm tearing down sheetrock. I'm pulling up four floors, knocking down wood. Like, I'm literally in there with the contractors working, but it didn't it didn't bother me. Like I was happy. I guess I was happy that I kind of worked up an opportunity out of nothing. Like I kind of hustled an opportunity out of nothing from, from having no job at the moment to coming into something. And he was actually paying me pretty well. So, you know, I was excited about that. I, I had no complaints and I worked all day from like six thirty to like five. And I never forget um, midway through the day, he, he pulled up, at the property and um he went talk to the property manager and he said that the property manager said i was working really well and he was like he was happy to hear that so he pulled me over to the side and he was like okay uh, so tell me a little bit more about yourself so i told him everything my journey everything i had been doing what i was into and um he asked me he was like well do you have a license and i was like no i don't but you know since you do this i was going to ask you about it and he was just like i tell you what um, I'll pay for you to go to real estate school. And then when you finish, you can come be an agent on my team. And like literally my life changed in like that one day. And this was a guy that that was my second time meeting him. I didn't even know him. And the fact that, you know, he gave me that opportunity and this is a guy that's well off. So it was like, he didn't have to, but he just told me, he was like, honestly, I was blowing you off at first, not purposely, but, a lot of people kind of waste my time. And he was like, but you were so persistent that, 
I kind of saw myself in you and it was like, I knew you obviously wanted something because you kept contacting me. So he was like, that just made me like, you know, want to work with you and want to do something with you. So after that, like I just, I worked with him like two, three more months and helped him with everything. We kind of built a relationship. And one day I went shadowed him and he just took me on all of his like new bills and all of his properties and the land that he was buying and took me out to lunch. And at the end of the day, he just cut me the check for, for real estate school. And the rest was history. Like I, I just, I literally, and this is at the time when I was contacting you on, uh, I was watching all of your videos cause I was brand new. I was just like, I had no idea where to start. Like, I'm just looking at all the pros and the cons and I'm watching all the videos about the brokerages and like, I'm looking at everything, just trying to, you know, prepare myself for what I was about to get myself into. Because I think a lot of people fail to do that. I meet a lot of people that say like, oh, I want to be an Asian or I want to do this. And it's like, I don't think they do their um, due diligence going into it. They kind of just see million dollar listing or something and think they're going to get into it and sell a million dollar house until you realize you may work for two years and make one sale, if that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, most people expect them like, look, this is not a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. Like literally if you don't work, you don't eat at all. So it's like, I was literally trying to prepare myself and I felt like you were one of the ones that was kind of putting out reality with the business, not just what sounds good. You were even telling us about, you know, all the little things of what to expect and even about the test. I think, I'm not gonna lie, you scared me a little bit with that test when you just kind of explained. <laughs> but I mean, it was literally what you said, like, I studied and I thought I was prepared for it the first time. I just was confident, like I was ready. I got a good breakfast and I went in there and it was like prison. Like they made me take everything off. They made me like put my watch, chapstick, everything up. And I'm just like, it's cold in there. And I'm like in this cubicle and I'm just, they got a webcam in my face. I'm just like, this is like prison. And I'm just like cold and like, okay. So I started to, um, go through the test and I'm kind of panicking because I'm like, this looks nothing like what I was looking over, like at all. And I kind of panicked a little bit and I was just like, I don't know. I, was like, I don't know if I'm going to pass this. And like, I went through it, um, took the state, then took the, I mean, took the national, took the state and um, I got my results back and like, it said I failed both of them. And I was like super upset. Like, I mean, it kind of messed me up for the day to the point to where I knew I needed a couple of days to regroup before I started studying again to take it again. So I set it for like a month and a half uh, later. So give me a little time to study while I was still kind of fresh on my brain. And excuse me, I studied again and I'm like, okay, for sure this time, I kind of changed up my study habits. And I just knew I was gonna pass this time. And I went in there and I failed it again. And at this point it was like, okay, my back was against the wall because, you know, that was twice. And you only get three times before you got to take it all over again, like the course and everything. So I'm just like, at that point, I kid you not, I set the test for like close to two months and I locked myself up in the house every single day. Like I didn't go anywhere for about two months. Like every single day I studied. And I think what made me pass was that I changed my study habits. I was necessarily... I was studying to try to remember the answer, but I wasn't actually understanding what they were asking me, you know? So I started watching YouTube videos. So like, for instance, if I would look at like encroachment or something, 
instead of me trying to memorize um, the definition, I would look at like a little cartoon on YouTube and it would kind of explain what it was and it would show a picture because I'm a visual learner. So it showed a picture of what it was and what the house looked like. So I started to do that with all of the definitions to the point to where it was like, when I saw the word, I thought of the video and I knew exactly what it meant. So when I took the test, even though they reworded the, the question, I already knew what the meaning was of the word. So I was able to filter it out and pick the right answer. And when I passed, like I ran around the house, like I just knew, I just was like, yep, this is it. And I was just like, I knew. So I just, that's the advice that I give people is just like, you literally have to sacrifice a lot. Like I literally didn't go out at all. And not only that, it's just changing the study habits to what works for you. Like and what to make you retain the information well. Pretty much. So that's my story. And and that's an awesome story. And something that I want to point out because I mean it almost seems like real estate, I mean it's just stumbled on I mean, you stumbled in real estate by accident. Like it wasn't your your goal. You weren't necessarily after trying to be an, a real estate agent. But something that I noticed was for one, you're a true entrepreneur because you knew at every step that there was a level up from there. Oh, yeah. you know, you knew that this wasn't it. Um, it just can't be it. Even though you were, I mean, getting invited to New York Fashion Week, like most people would look at that and say, whoa, I've made it. But even mm -hmm. you, were, you know, you were like, this isn't it. But mm -hmm. it was truly your gift of persistence, persistence every step of the way when you were working on your fashion, when you were taking your real estate test, serious persistence has kept you where you are right now you know, and, and has made you this agent who is now in the business and doing some awesome things. So I applaud you, sir, because that's one trait that I, I really try to instill in people. You really have to be persistent, even when trying to go out and get business. You know, you have to keep calling. You have to make that call again. Oh, I don't want to annoy them. No, make the call again. Do it again. You know, so congratulations. Something that I want to bring up because I heard you when, when you were telling how you were contacting the guy, you, you, you wrote him on Instagram. You, you asked for his Instagram. And mm -hmm. I think that's so interesting. And I want to bring it up because social media is kind of my thing. It's, it's how I built my business. And so I, of course, know the importance of a platform like Instagram. But when you were talking to this, to this wealthy individual, what made you asking for his Instagram account and not his address or phone number? Well, to me, what most people don't understand, in my opinion, I feel like Instagram is the new resume. So mm. a lot of people ask for Instagram because they want to see what are you doing? Like, yeah, I can get your number and everything, but I want to see what you're doing physically. Let me see not only that, but I want to see how you carry yourself. And a, a lot of things like the reason why this guy even responded to me and wanted to help me it was because the way that I was carrying myself. If I was carrying myself a certain way and had images of me smoking and me doing this and that, it's no way that he would have gave me an opportunity. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that everybody can see you. Like, it's not private like you think. Like, yeah. one wrong move can mess up everything. So I always knew that branding was everything because, I mean, people pay attention. My dad would always tell me like, you never know who's watching ever. And I knew that he would sit at his house and he would watch all of my stories. 
he like all of my pictures and it was like at that point I wasn't even doing anything with real estate it was just me but even then I had a certain drive about myself that was just I'm sure caught his attention that was like okay he's a go-getter you know so I mean that's what made me ask for his Instagram because it was like um and then I didn't know him you know a lot of guys when they're kind of well off and you don't really know them they may not respond to you like instantly through a text message. So sometimes it's just like, I don't care what anybody says, most people are on Instagram all day. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get his Instagram. I'm going to see what he's actually doing. But really my purpose was so he can see what I was doing on there. Right. So he could see how I was carrying myself. I'm like, okay, he's just not some kid from, you know, the store that, you know, I want him to see what I was doing and see my drive. And it worked perfectly. It was part of my plan and he was able to see my steps. So when I DM'd him to ask him <clears throat> for a position, he already saw how I was speaking and how I was talking to make him kind of like, okay, I'm gonna give you a shot. So it was all strategic. Everything is strategic. Just like you said, um, I think a, a, a trait about myself is I'm never content. Like I never, ever get content. I see so many people work jobs and complain about being in the jobs, but it's like, you're complaining, but you're not fixing the situation to get out of it. You can ask anybody that knows me. I was never in a job more than five months because I, I knew I was out of there. I'm going to get my three, four, five connections and I'm gone. Like, I mean, and my mom would always be like, oh, you have to, you know, put in your two weeks. And I know it's the right thing to do with that, but it was certain situations where I would tell I'm never coming back. I like, promise. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm never coming back. And I never went back to a job that I left ever. Every time I left somewhere, I progressed and I went higher. And I'll go back in certain stores and I see the same people. And I'm like, it's no excuse. Like, I just, I had a level of like knowing I wanted to get out of here. And I see people like, I remember I was working at Zara and they would get mad at me for talking to the customers saying that I can't promote my own brand to the customers. I'm like, I'm not going to be stuck here. Like you can't get mad at me for promoting my own personal stuff here to all of these people. And I met so many people working at these stores. And I was like, it's no way I'm going to be quiet. You have to fire me before I be quiet because I'm going to make, uh, make these connections and meet these people. So it was part of my plan. Yeah, and I love how you say that it was part of your plan. So even going further with that, as you're thinking about branding today and, and everything that you do on your Instagram, would you say that it is 100% intentional, every post you, you put out there? Um, is there serious thought put behind it? Yeah, every everything is strategic for me. And I think what most, I'm going to tell you what, in my opinion, what I think realtors fail in this generation, I see it so many times. I see people become new agents and they literally post slideshows of homes. It's the most boring, annoyingest thing ever. Like when I see a girl that posts a home with a slideshow, I just unfollow her because I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like, and what people don't, what they fail to realize is that around my age, I'm 22. So like most of my followers are around my age or a little bit older. Nine times out of 10, the the homes that I'm trying to sell that's 200000 and up, people my age aren't buying. Like, they're not buying. They can't afford it. They're still trying to develop their lifestyle. So I'm like, okay, by you posting pictures of homes that people can't afford, what is that really doing? You know, so my whole thought process was, okay, let me get my audience engaged. Like, let me give people a reason to want to click on my story and see what I'm doing. Like, let me bring value. 
I think a lot of people fail to realize it's always give me, give me, give me, but it's like, what are you giving? Like in return to your audience to want to work with you. And I think where I've excelled was always giving value. Even if I'm inside of a home and I'm showing people the behind the scenes because I mean, everybody loves beautiful, nice homes, especially if it's like a mansion. So it's like, instead of posting a slideshow, once you take people behind the scenes of the house, like show them the kitchen, show them the garage, like be funny about it. Like just show them stuff that make them, when they see you post, they automatically want to go click because they want to see what you're doing. And that was what I, my plan was. It was like, okay. And I, I read a lot of, I love Gary Vee. And like, he helped me a lot because unlike most of the other guys, his formula, it really worked for me because he was more so like give value. And I started a podcast about a year ago and I remember reading his book and he was like, what if you started a podcast and like um, you interview other business people and entrepreneurs? And he's like, when you, when you interview them, it works in all favors because you're giving them a platform to show off their business. And then their audience is going to automatically see you and what you're doing when you post it. So it's like um, my audience can come across a new business owner. They may need, a, I may meet a woman that does hair, does lashes. I may interview her. Um, one of my um, audience may see her and like, oh, I need my hair done. So it's like, okay, I got her a client. Meanwhile, her audience, when she posts a video, they see me. So it's like, okay, they may need a house. And it's like, oh, this guy does real estate. Let me hit him up. So it's like, it's because I'm giving value. It's like, I'm not just expecting everything in return. It's like, you have to give something out. And I feel like a lot of people fail to do that. So it's like, even with my post, I don't want to give them too much of like, traditional real estate like posting a picture and in a slideshow like i want to give you a little bit of everything like i want to take you on a journey show you videos show you behind the scenes show you podcasts introduce you to new people that you may have not you know known and that was just my whole process and another thing was quality that was probably the number one thing with me doing fashion and even when i was doing fashion i was doing photography for a little bit so i knew about lighting and 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 quality and I see a lot of people and it's like you have to invest in quality like when you have quality images I feel like your page should flow when somebody looks at it it should just flow all together I see some people's Instagram and it's stuff everywhere I can't call it a flea market Instagram because it's just stuff everywhere I mean it's club flyers and I don't know what you do I don't know if you're a bottle girl, you're a real estate agent. I don't know if you teach karate on the weekends. Like, because it's just stuff everywhere. And it's like that right there will turn somebody off. If they go on your Instagram looking for something and they don't know what they're looking for. It's too much personal. To me, I feel like it's good to mix personal life with real estate, but because my personal life is real estate. So everything I do is business. So it's like, it's okay for me to show my personal life because it's like, it all goes hand in hand. But for some people that have a club lifestyle or whatever, and it's like, you're posting you at the club, you know, doing this and doing this. And then it's like, tomorrow you're doing real estate. It's just like, sometimes that can kind of turn a specific buyer or client off, you know? So I'm always like paying attention to what I'm doing. I guess I kind of hold myself to a certain standard to where it's like, okay, I'm going to make the proper use of my, my influence, the influence that I do have, because I realize 
like people are watching. So it's like, I'm going to give them something to watch. It's like, we have a platform. So it's like, why not use it? Like it's free. So it's like, why not give some, like give people motivation, like give them a reason to get up every day to tune in to you or like give them a reason to like keep going. So when I get a DM saying like you motivate me or you do this, I think that makes it all worth it for me. Like, you know, that, that makes it like, it's better than money the feeling honestly because it's like to see somebody I know how it feels to be inspired by somebody through words so it's like my life changed through somebody else's words so it's like okay words are powerful so it's like if my life was changed off of somebody's words like why can't I do the same thing and I think that goes back to what your calling is in life and I think so many people um they go straight after the money but I was never after money for strictly materialistic things. I was more so after the money for freedom. Like mm. I wanted freedom. I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. That's what I was after. And when I realized like the money is what opens up the freedom for you, I realized, okay, this is what I want. I want to touch people. I want to inspire. And I want to have freedom to do what I want when I want. So. Absolutely. And I can 100% agree with you on that, especially when it came down to the DMs and the messages and the calling. And I tell people all the time, I didn't start recording YouTube videos the way that I do now because it was my mission or because, you know, it, it just slowly over time became my calling. When the same DM started happening and people were telling me how I've inspired them or how I've changed them or, you know, helped their careers, I was kind of like, well, th- I want to do that for everybody, you know, because it's such a great feeling. I want to I help everybody. And, and I realized that this knowledge is so valuable and, and we're in this career that is overpopulated and, and oversaturated. So why not? Why not share what's working for you? I mean, I'm not scared you're going to take any business from me or anything like that. So, I mean, it's not a big deal, but I feel like more abundance comes out of providing that value to other people. And it takes your career to new heights that you could have never imagined just from you being valuable. So let me ask you this with your, with your Instagram, because I get a lot of agents who say, they don't have time or they can't seem to find the time. This is a part of your, your business, right? So how have you worked it in so that you're able to consistently keep up with your content and run your real estate business? Honestly, they, they go hand in hand. Content for me is everything. Like I said, with me doing fashion and the friends that I have, all we cared about was photography. We cared about photography, um, nice pictures and, and we were the guys that would be on the floor posing a camera up like getting the perfect angle because we knew like we know about lighting and we know about the quality of a good picture so those same traits just transformed into real estate and it was like okay I'm already dressed up like I'm gonna I'm put it all together my fashion um, you know real estate business I'm gonna put it all together so it's like whoever's with me they know if I ask you to stop what you're doing and take a picture of me, it's just, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to make the time for it because it's like, I don't care if I'm showing an apartment and the other leasing agent is there. I'll have her take a picture of me. Whatever I have to do to get the content out, to spread the awareness to people, um, to, to spread what I'm doing, I'm going to do. There's like no excuse to not get content out. It's just not because you have to have it. It's no way that you can 
I mean, you can get a, you can get clients and you can be, you know, you can do minor things, but if you really want to get out there, it's like, you have to put out good content. Like, I mean, you don't need someone walking around filming you. I see what you did just walking around with the camera, holding it yourself. It's literally no excuse. Like you can get a GoPro camera and get a tripod and just put it on yourself and download Premiere Pro or, um, um, movie maker and edit it like you you have to make the time so if you record all day do what you have to do make your calls respond to your emails and then for the rest of the night spend that time editing the video all night like it's literally just no excuses just how bad do you want it like how bad do you really want to get the content out there so people can see what it is that you're doing and I think that's that's the most important thing is like people like to support people who's doing things like people want to see what it is that you're doing. People want to see the behind the scenes. Like people just don't want to see houses, a picture of a house. Like they want to see you in the house on top of the counter or in the kitchen or in the bath, in the bathtub, in a nice bathtub in the bathroom. Like, so however you have to get the content out there, I feel like it's a must to, to continue to put out content and keep the audience engaged. I think that's the number one thing is, is I keep my audience engaged. I don't go too many days without posting something, but it's quality. It's something valuable. I'm not just posting anything. I'm making sure it's like, okay, if it's a story, what am I posting on the story? Okay, if I didn't do that, I'm on a podcast. Like anything that I can do to keep my audience engaged to where it's like, when I post something, they're going to click it. Right. That's what I have to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just have to make time for it. And you just have to do it, you know. And what's what's so awesome is this is an area where I'm I'm really devoting a lot of time into helping agents overcome those limiting beliefs. Um, and and like I tell people all the time, this has to become part of your business plan. You know, long gone are the days to where social media and content creation were optional. It's not an option anymore. And so I'm 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 releasing a program social media boss to break those chains of people to show them that, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. It's not impossible. And honestly, these apps are so easy now to where you're just pushing one button. One button. Here you go. You have, you have a story, you know, and that's what sells people. That's what attracts people to you. It's your story. That was the first thing that you started out with here. And it, it, it immediately made me see you in a whole different light. It was your story. And every day we have a story to tell. And every day there's somebody that needs to see your story. And that's how you're really going to connect with clients, with new agents, with prospects, whoever you're trying to connect with. It's going to be through these stories. And it's going to be through you're your right. social media. The way that I always put it is sort of like this. When you go to a concert, right? Say you go to a Chris Brown concert. Now, um, the t-shirt to the Chris Brown concert it may be $100 on a Hanes t-shirt. And we know that you can get a Hanes t-shirt for $2 and get that same screen print for $7, mm. which means that shirt is no more than $15 to make altogether. So when you look at it, it's like, okay, why is it that it's a Hanes t-shirt with the normal design on it, but he's charging $100 and people are buying it. It's all about the brand. They're not buying the t-shirt. They're buying into him as a person, they don't care about the shirt. They care about Chris Brown to where it's like, okay, 
I want to support this guy with whatever he puts out because I like him. Like, it's not about how much it really costs. People will pay for what they like. And it's the same with real estate. It's a billion real estate agents in the world. But what separates the good ones and the average ones is who has a brand? Like, who can I make this person buy into me? Like, he may not even care. I, I probably have sold one house in my entire career, but he loves the way that I carry myself. He loves my story, my energy to the point that it was like, I want to work with this guy. And my favorite, I think one of my favorite guys besides you who kind of helped me was Ryan Serhant. That's probably my favorite is because when I would see his vlogs, the way that he would like, you know, grab my attention with the vlogs, it was just like, I didn't even care about, it was just like, I was so into what he was doing and how he branded himself. It was, it was like the perfect combination of how you should run a business. Like it wasn't too much. He wasn't pushy with the content. It was fun. And even when you see him, the way he smiles, when he's like standing on top of stuff, when I would see how creative he would get with like his listings, I was like, this is a guy who's going above and beyond. And this is a guy that has billions of dollars worth of like real estate. So it's like, if this guy that's that busy can find the time to like do all of this branding, do all of these posts, like do these vlogs, it's literally no excuse for us to not get the same content out there and like put out the same effort. It's just how bad you want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know, I know that you're a very busy guy and um, I won't keep you too long, but just to kind of wrap it up, what, what advice would you have for someone just getting started on Instagram, wanting to start a brand, wanting to put themselves out there? What's, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Honestly, um, so Gary V, <laughs> he has a, um, a marketing strategy for social media and it's like a pyramid and it kind of, um, it kind of breaks down content of mm -hmm. how you can even, I feel like everybody should start everything. You should have a podcast. You should start a vlog. You should start everything that you can do to the point to where it's like, you can have a vlog and you can take the audio out of the vlog and upload it as a podcast. Like you should be doing every single thing to get your name out there from Instagram to LinkedIn to Snapchat to Facebook. A lot of people are asleep on Facebook, but that's where the people with the real money are, are the, the adults that are really looking to buy. So I think a lot of people um, miss out on Facebook, but even then, like, even if people are too lazy for that, there's literally apps to where you can post one and it goes to all of them yep. at one time. So it's like, it's literally no excuse. I just feel like people should be posting on every platform because it's like, it's free. And I'm like, it's, it's here now. Like we're in a time to where it's like social media is everything. So you must take advantage before it's not here anymore. And it's something else or they start to charge for it or whatever the case may yeah. be. So yeah. it's just like, why not take advantage of a, a free platform? So that's the advice that I would give is, is definitely get out there. Don't be scared to like to be social and get your face out there. To be honest, people have to, to get over that that yeah. fear of being in front of the camera, you have to lose that because if you're scared to be in front of the camera, how are you going to feel in front of a, a businessman and have a lot of money that's trying to get you to sell his million dollar house or to get you to, you know, purchase him a house for him. It's like, if you're scared, it's just like, that's not going to get you far anywhere in life. Honestly, it's not just real estate. It's like 
you just have to face the fears of, of, of that type of stuff and just, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, pretty much. That's yeah. the key to success to me. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing that I can say is get used to being uncomfortable. And once you get that down, you will be successful. Absolutely. Well, DeAndre, I, I, I really love your hustle. I, I, I admire your, your creative soul and, and just everything that you're putting into your brand and into your business and really bringing some knowledge. I mean, you're young still, you know? And so it's like, you're at this level right now, man. I mean, you're going to be packing out stadiums here pretty soon. <laughs> But, but, you know, this, is, this has been a real treat to, to sit here and chat with you today. And, um, you know, if you're an agent out there that, that needs to level up your brand or get serious about social media and you just need some direction, definitely check out Social Media Boss and um, grab your copy of it, you know, and, and just take it to the hills. Like he said this whole time, like, you have to do this. This, this isn't a, a negotiable thing anymore. You know, this is our way of life now. And it's not changing. It's not. <laughs> so if anything, it's going to be, I mean, and people think it's competitive now, but if anything, it's going to be even more competitive. Every day that goes by makes it harder for you to insert yourself, but it's not impossible and you can do it. And so thank you again, sir. I really appreciate you. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon here. Okay. All right. See you all soon.